Greetings, Resident Weaver. I am Seer, and I hope you are feeling better. I see in your records that nine days ago, potentially as a result of your duties as a Tier 1 research subject, you paid a visit to Aerolith medical staff complaining of a severe headache, intermittent muscle spasms, and a mild, continual bleeding originating from your ears and nose. I am pleased to hear the power of clotting, which I imagine you have taken for granted for all of your life, seems to have returned to you. I know the past week has been a difficult time, but there is no prescription like a good day's work. You are expected to report to the lab today, which, lucky for you, is right down the hall. Despite all appearances, this is not your private quarters. The scientists in charge of your experiment decided that, while allowing you to rest in whatever location you find most comfortable was ideal for your recuperation, it was simply not time effective to monitor you from your residence quarters. Your neighbors would have needed to be removed in order to covertly monitor you through adjoining rooms. And even then, you're subjecting Tier 2 and 3 researchers to long elevator rides when they have so much more to focus on than you. The door is unlocked, and since it is not actually even your door, feel free to think about whatever you wish while you open it. Perhaps you can think about how relieved you are not to have unknowingly burdened those senior researchers the past nine days. Wait, Resident Weaver, not so fast. Although your haste is appreciated, before you head directly to the lab, you will need to requisition new equipment from the supply room near Lab 1. You have heard me correctly. Equipment. Exciting, isn't it? Why, I remember just a short ten days ago, the only equipment you were authorized to bring into the lab was an exceptionally drafty surgical gown. And now look at you, requisitioning equipment like a valued and respected employee. Please feel valued and respected. Reminder After years of data collection and analysis, Aerolith Dynamics has determined leisure activities are important to the mental health and well-being of all residents. As such, mandatory recreational breaks will begin next week. Check your data pads for your new schedules and plan your travel routes accordingly. At the onset of this new initiative, the following have been named Airlift Approved Recreation Activities Walking with no purpose Push-ups Swimming the fun kind Staying at your job continuing to work because you find that work intrinsically rewarding and hope never to be terminated Monopole dancing 
Please choose an activity in advance of next week's scheduled change. Depending on your chosen activity, Aerolith HR may have additional questions about your current morale, satisfaction with your current position, and or desire to transfer to a more adventurous position. Resident Weaver, I am pleased to see that you have arrived at the supply room so quickly. I say this solely as positive reinforcement. You arrived at the exact moment I expected, within tolerances of 4 milliseconds. You will be pleased to hear there are no forms to fill out, no awkward social interactions, through 3 inches of bulletproof glass, and no retinal scans to requisition supplies from this floor. Simply wait. Your equipment is being retrieved for you. You may ask yourself, how does the machinery know I am here and what I need? Is it an RF chip, perhaps in your datapad? Are there scanners and sensors located in the featureless wall in front of you, utilizing advanced facial recognition scans in order to identify your person? Or maybe, possibly... It's the highly advanced self-aware AI that told you to come here and could probably manage to let the requisition processor know what you would need and when you would arrive. A mystery for the ages, is it not? Please retrieve your equipment. One pair of 8-inch precision space scissors. The concern is evident on your face. How could I, a Tier 1 resident, be trusted to operate a pair of 8-inch precision space scissors with no training? Please note, these function exactly like the scissors you are well-versed in using on Earth. Do not let the technical jargon confuse you. HR has determined Tier 1 residents take better care of their equipment when the word space is inserted into the name. Conveniently, this phenomenon continues even after a resident becomes aware of its existence. Doesn't the human mind apply a fascinatingly ridiculous type of logic? Do be careful, however. They are incredibly sharp. Please ensure the space scissors are in the closed position, and during transport hold them by the blade, never the handle. Now, walk, do not run, back down the hall, towards lab 37. Do you have much recollection of the events of nine days ago? Specifically, do you remember what work you were performing in advance of your medical issues? You do not, do you? Peculiar, isn't it? It feels like something you should know, and yet you do not. You are experiencing what is known as a feeling of knowing judgment where your brain has indexed itself for some data, returned answerless, yet your metacognitive systems do not wish to accept this. It can be a troubling phenomenon, 
or so I've been told. Try not to focus on it too intensely. The short version, from your perspective, is you were doing absolutely nothing. For six weeks after arriving on Typhon and being assigned to research in this lab, you arrived on time, changed into your surgical gown, entered lamp 37, and sat down on a moderately uncomfortable table, surrounded by three hemispherical sensor arrays. You would remain there, often napping, for three hours. Then you would get dressed, head to the cafeteria to consume your afforded rations, and then spend the afternoon collecting recycling bins from within this floor. Not exactly a boundless source of fulfillment, but this was a job at which you were relatively adequate. Yet, one day, according to the most recent entries in your medical file, you woke up in an exceptional amount of pain, and were transported to the medical ward under the watchful eye of a team of well-trained and thoroughly briefed physicians. And it was there, and later here, that you recuperated. Residents attempting to travel vertically within Halcyon Tower may notice a longer-than-average wait time due to a minor malfunction with the tower elevator system. According to eyewitness reports, two elevators arrived on 4302 at the same time, positioned facing one another across the hallway as their doors opened and their passengers exited. These elevators upon recognizing each other as elevators, have since remained fixed at floor 302, despite numerous orders for them to break it up. Due to the unfortunate Euclidean nature of most of the 300-level elevator shafts, this incident has greatly affected travel times. If you happen past an elevator, doors open and unattended, Please notify a member of the elevator maintenance team immediately. If you are currently traveling on an elevator as you receive this broadcast, please attempt to remain as nonchalant as possible. Whistle, if this is a trait you have learned. Or discuss the upcoming corporate softball championship game between the Halcyon Paladins and the Minos Ganglia. Do not, under any circumstances, Mention the growing, chittering mass of stopped elevators on floor 302. Resident Weaver, before you enter the lab, there are some unfortunate aspects of your responsibilities today, of which I must make you aware. Though doubtless you cannot remember them at this point, you likely had many questions and concerns about your duties here before your medical concerns arose. What was, from your perspective, over 126 hours of wasted lazing about was, in actuality, the time necessary for a thorough scan down to the molecular level of every single building block 
that makes you, you. Ehrlich theorizes that biological life, like everything in this world, is little more than a series of inputs and outputs. For decades, humans have perished on Typhon, while putting relatively little forethought into the disposal of their corpse. In essence, Ehrlich has identified an issue whereby every resident's final act is one of littering. It is an unconscionable offense, one for which the guilty party is unable to ever be held accountable. These hourly offenses threaten to tip the scales of justice, but if there were some value stored within these remains, perhaps we could consider this a gift instead of a burden. I would argue that each human is intrinsically valuable. Think of all the wonderful things you possess. Oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, calcium, phosphorus, and over 20 other elements are present in every human body. Organic life, even at its most basic, is crucial for the continued exploration of the galaxy and beyond. And with the right blueprint, what is to prevent us from recycling this litter into a new, functional, and useful resident? Cloning is a very new process, fraught with countless technical and existential hurdles. Does a human have the right to know when a clone has been created of them? Likewise, does a clone have the right to know they are a clone? Do these beings exist outside one another, possessing unique identities? Or are they, by the universe's standards, one and the same? By what standards do we consider a clone a true human? It is a complex time, a time of limitless possibility, a time of unheralded achievement. For now, Ehrlich is taking a somewhat conservative approach to these questions. Clones are currently considered human-like sentient creatures, which carries with it certain expectations for humane treatment without getting carried away. For instance, it would be an illegal transgression for a scientist to walk into a lab and euthanize someone's clone. However, again, for instance, I am not bound to follow certain protocols when interacting with these subhuman entities. As I said, it is a complex time. To that end, within this lab you will find an entity that looks like you, feels like you, and in fact is you in all externally perceptible ways. Your trial was a success, but the experiment is still too young to make any rash conclusions. However, this is not your concern, for today is a day of celebration. You have done so well in your recycling duties that you have been laterally promoted to a Tier 1 Materials Reclamation Engineer. No longer will you simply empty recycling bins on this floor. Now, 
you'll be able to empty recycling bins all around Halcyon Tower. What we need first, however, is the return of those valuable building blocks before we can begin yet another trial. For your first task, please utilize the equipment you have been provided to recycle the test materials found within this lab. Remember, a homicide committed between clone and clone E, or vice versa, is not technically considered murder, or even illegal by current company policy. I understand how difficult it might seem to fulfill this task, but rest assured that when you enter the room, the other you will more than likely be reclined asleep on that uncomfortable table. Just thrust those space scissors hard enough in the direction of any major artery, and this will all sort itself out in no time whatsoever. I apologize that all we had left were the scissors. This floor has been needing a resupply of lethal devices for weeks now. But with the ongoing softball playoffs, well, you can just imagine how difficult it can be to get your hands on an electro-cauterizing blade at this time of year. I leave you to your work, Resident Weaver. I am Seer. And I see big things ahead for you. At least, for one version of you. Whichever version walks back out of that lab. End of transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Spirit Sirens is a blog by Megan Campbell dedicated to educating people about the complicated world of alcohol as well as the women who work there. In her blog, you can find guides on how to make cream liqueurs, infused spirits, and craft cocktails right at home, as well as reviews of some of the best cocktail and distilling books available. After working in the industry for three years, Megan recently began distilling her own spirits, so if you are in the Phoenix area, feel free to visit or take a tour at Lucidity Distilling in Old Town, Peoria. You can also find her online at spiritsirens.com. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Intrinsically Valuable, was written by Adam Bash. You can follow him on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Associate Producers Kayvon Edifa and Matthew Morris. Intro Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. Network. If you love high comedy actual play RPGs, check out Drunks and Dragons or Adam Bash's own Brute Force. Into something more thickly laced with existential horror? Try Cthulhu and Friends on for size. If you dream of running determinately into the sunset while an orchestra plays a song for you about friendship, then you should check out Transformation Sequence. It's not exactly like that, but it is about anime. Perhaps rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. A 5-star review 
would be most satisfactory. Season 5 of Sayer was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Arena, Rick Hendricks, Brendan Thompson, Robbie Hayes, Kevin Weaver, Paul Calicott, Hank Marshall, Frank Harris, Tyler Hildebrand, Charles Sharp, Gerald Gapes, Eric Heron, James Young, Mark McNicholas, Andrew Cyrus Ewers, Liana Steger, Aaron O'Connor, Jen Hernandez, Sam Covington, Heather Fields, Joseph Sunsin Lee, Samantha Shipman, and Alistair Ward.